With us today is Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky. You look up in the skies on weekends and you relax and you wonder what's up there. Well, Dr. Sky, Steve Cates will will give us some more information that will expand our minds. Uh, Steve, how are you this weekend? I'm doing great, John. Good morning to all the listeners. We got some great information. We start with space. What an exciting week for SpaceX, their 50th launch of the year. The Falcon Heavy gets launched on time, no problems, launching two satellites. By the way, this is part of the Space Force. Uh, They have a special deal going, that is SpaceX. They have a contract to launch many of the so-called secret satellites that we have here in America. And the two objects that are on board there, hopefully they're up into space by now, they went up to what we call geosynchronous orbit, which means that's about 22,000 miles above the Earth. And, you know, John, you got to wonder, and this isn't to knock NASA at all. It's just an observation that many people even ask me, and I'm sure you're concerned. How can SpaceX have all these successful launches when we don't seem to be able to get NASA to get the big moon rocket off the ground? I mean, that's a startling uh, contrast, don't you think? You know, I think people are starting to wander, and I I think maybe Congress is scratching their head, too, uh, because it looks like SpaceX is getting a lot of business. Absolutely. And it actually saved Elon Musk's business. I know at one time in his past, he was obviously trying to seek government money. So we have to say that the government's really helped him. And even when he started way back in like maybe 2004 and five, talking about these particular rockets, he's had great success. But I wanted to also mention, John, the first of the Falcon heavies that was ever launched was launched back on February 6th of 2018. And the payload on there, Elon Musk selected his own personal Tesla Roadster. Many people know that. And he had a little dummy in there, which is Scarman. But how about this? The most contaminated object probably ever launched into space, and some people wonder about this, is that Tesla X little Roadster. Because remember, it was driven on the freeways of Los Angeles. And some out there, maybe they're over, you know, overly concerned. They were saying that they hope those microbes, whatever's on that space, uh, you know, on that particular Roadster, if it ever landed on a planet, which it won't, it could contaminate the planet with microbes from the Earth. But it's a great achievement that what he's doing. Now, on the flip side, if we talk about the Artemis One, it's been thought that this particular rocket will not go up earlier than probably around the middle of November. But I know there's a big press conference going on, so we'll keep you updated on that. Latest information was that it was going to launch no earlier than about November the 14th which is quite fascinating. You know, John, we always talk about the mystery of the week, and there's so many categories to go to, but I selected one that I think is really interesting. How about the planet Venus? That planet, John, gets closest to the Earth than any planet. It can get within 25 million miles of the Earth. But here's the mystery. Venus, like the Earth in size, not like the Earth in temperature, it rotates backwards, and the day on Venus, John, is longer than its year. So if you and I were on Venus, God help us, the temperature's over 900 degrees Fahrenheit, the sun would rise in the west, and it would cross the sky in Venus about a year's time, which is over 240 days of the time that Venus is out there. Here's the mystery. What happened to all the water that might have been there? What happened to maybe life that was there? Isn't that a strange situation, a planet that close, like the Earth, but not at all like the Earth? Everybody talked about life on Mars. Nobody mm-hmm. ever talked about life on Venus. And right. I understand with uh, some of the other uh, spacecraft that have gone there for the Soviet Union or 
or Russia or other people that there's been a few things that they're scratching their head about. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us about some of these things that they're scratching their head about? Well, sure. First of all, John, let's give the comparison. Russia, the Soviet Union, then sent spacecraft to land on Venus, and we've done our job of getting spacecraft there. But as soon as you get there, the pressure on the surface of Venus is as if you went down and I went down in the ocean about 3,000 feet. The spacecraft didn't survive. But astronomers and astrophysicists and even astrobiologists are saying this that life in the universe, meaning microbial life, may be closer than we think. And we're talking about the planet Venus. Now, just what I said before, nothing survives in 900 degrees temperature that we know of. So there might be in the Venusian clouds these little particles or maybe some kind of things. Do I call them phosphenes? In other words, phosphenes are an ingredient for life. And as primitive as that may be, those particular particles may be suspended in the atmosphere of Venus. So we have so much research to do about this planet. It's gotten so much uh, billing in the science fiction world with all kinds of, you know, Twilight Zone episodes and all kind of Outer Limits episode about, you know, people visiting and going to Venus or extraterrestrials. But who knows, John, maybe life might be closer than we think in the microbial sense. And some astronomers say maybe we're looking in the wrong place. It might be as close as Venus and not on Mars, and that's an exploration that continues. Yesterday or today, there was talking about uh, Mars, uh, about uh, the, the vast oceans that might have been uh, on Mars, and what happened to them? After another mystery of the week, what happened to the water on Venus? I mean, excuse me, on Mars, because Mars is a planet. We have rovers like Perseverance that are digging into the Gale Crater, and they're trying very hard to find out the, you know, the leftover remnants or fossilized forms of life. There was also a story going on this week about strange objects seen on one of Mars's moons. What was that about? Well, John, this is a great story. And here, hopefully time permits. The two moons of Mars are called Deimos and Phobos. They're the two horses that led the Roman Eras or Mars into battle. This little object, Phobos, which is a very strange satellite, there's things on that satellite that they've just looked at. So in other words, there's strange configurations and craters on there. Who knows what really is the origin of the, of the satellites of Mars? Because they were actually written about in a book, Gulliver's Travel. Jonathan Swift wrote this book a long, long time before they were discovered, that is, the moons of Mars. So what makes the moons of Mars in many people's imaginations? They think, who knows, maybe they're artificial satellites or replicants of some alien technology. So we have to explore them more, and there are some missions that are hopefully going to land on Phobos, and that will be really exciting coming up in the future. You know what I, what I pray for? That yes. we live long enough to find out a little bit more truth about what the heck is going on out there. Well, John, that's exactly the whole part and purpose of this, is to open people's minds and expand their minds, particularly on Sundays here, when obviously the news is mostly political now. But I wanted to remind people of something they can actually see coming up this particular coming week. On early Tuesday morning, across a good part of your listening audience, that is across America, there's another total lunar eclipse that's going to take place. On the East Coast, that event happens just before sunrise at best. In the West Coast, the full eclipse is visible. But what's so strange about that is that this is the first time, John, in at least American history, that we've ever had a total lunar eclipse coincide with Election Day. So as people are getting ready to cast their ballots in person, and many will, just know that before that, the preceding event, 
is a very unusual deep blood red moon eclipse. Isn't that fascinating? And isn't that kind of a strange thing, coincidentally? Very strange. Well, uh, Dr. Skye, we look forward to talking to you every week. Is there any other mysteries this week? John, I could go on for two hours, but I want to let people know we can find out answers to many of those. And thanks to you and the station, just simply go to WABC Radio forward slash Dr. Sky. We've got a ton of podcasts that we've been producing and added on. And we've got so many things that they can actually go to our blog site. And they can actually follow along. And you can even download a star chart on paper so you and your families can go out and observe the wonders of the sky. And what do we say, John? Always remember to keep your eyes to the skies. We've got other content up there about American exceptionalism and how, of course, we as a proud nation continue to be strong, and particularly as we you know, salute our veterans and all those that served our country. God bless America. God bless America. Thank you so much. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno.